Welcome back to the podcast. We're doing a doing a roundtable. We haven't done this for a while. Uh, this is the uh, Peter. Do you remember what season we're on? Season yeah. six. Yeah. Season six. Mm-hmm. Season six of the One Hope Church Bible Reading Podcast. This year's season titled "Why Did Pat Pick That Passage?" Or as I like to say, the "Why Did Pat Pick That Passage" podcast, yes. which. You know, in my uh, in my alternate hip hop life, I just call it WP4, but no, uh, uh, <laughs> that I can't pull that off. So, um, okay. So, uh, why did Pit, Pat pick that passage? I know we um, the uh, sermon on on Sunday was on Romans one through seventeen, kind of the kind of Paul's uh introduction or, or prelude and then we had um some weeding readings throughout the week so i guess we'll let's let's uh start there um uh, joining me i should have done this uh, joining me today is uh, uh peter Chernus and uh jeremiah schuler that's schuler right jeremiah correct yeah okay um and uh so w- why don't we start with and this is a little bit odd because peter you preach the sermon um, but were, were there anything out of the um, uh, out of the readings this week that stood out to you? And it's okay if if we didn't. I just want to kind of get these out in the open at the front end. Anything from the readings that stood out to you, and or as a whole, maybe uh, maybe you know all kind of six days put together as a whole. Was there a theme or a, or an idea that? Uh, you know, kind of kept nudging you or, or, or tickling your brain or your heart or, you know, what have you. So, uh, anything. Um, actually all the podcasts were good. All the past podcasts I thought this week were great. Um, but, um, um, one that kind of stood out for me, I, I appreciated, um, James's podcast where he, um, you know, <clears throat> in the Rocky mountains of Canada, I was filming or, or recording there. Uh, but just reflecting on, or was it James or was it uh, Jeannie? I can't remember now, but it was um, the chapter 15 where he kind of ends. He ends the book in chapter 15 talking about the Gentiles and the gospels for the Gentiles and really that missions theme. And uh, I just loved how he brought out that, um, you know, why did Pat pick that? I mean, if, if Pat was passionate about anything, it was it was the gospel for the nations, for the mm-hmm. for the world and so um I, I think absolutely pat wanted to zero in at that this is part of the whole purpose of the book of romans i mean it's a lot of things and we'll get into that but one aspect of the book of romans is it is it's it's kind of a missionary um uh, it's the missionary mandate this is why we do missions this is why the gospel is for the whole world and uh um it's it's um you know you know missionary support letter because Paul wants to go to Spain, take the gospel to the ends of the earth. But um uh but I think it was more just kind of just the tender um uh reflections I think from James and I think uh, several others did had some thoughts too just for Pat and just appreciation yeah. for her and her uh her teaching us over the years. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. How about you uh Jeremiah anything? Well that's really hard to follow up on. Um, something that really, uh, stood out to me was Matt's podcast. So you're just talking about Paul having the encounter with Jesus, how he was just mentioning, like, it's hard to relate to having such a big 180 change 
um, in one Christian's life. And I feel like that has been just my sentiment towards Paul in general uh, throughout my Christian life is I just read uh, Paul's writing. I'm like, man, this guy is so much more hardcore than anybody else that I know. Um, and which makes sense because he's written <laughs> so much of the gospel, but then it, it's all, also at the same time, you just got to look at his past experiences of he goes from persecuting people um, and disobeying God to encountering God. And then that's like the result of having such a, that the, the result of those experiences of going really bad to really good and pursuing what God has for you and just having those dramatic experiences results in like living a life like Paul's, yeah. um, which is nice because we live in America. And so like, it's really hard to have that experience that Paul's had, you know what I mean? Um, and so it's nice to have that in context because sometimes it's a little uh, discouraging to just read Paul and just be like, yeah, I don't I know anybody who measures up even close to this guy. Um, and just his intensity and passion for pursuing Christ. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Paul is, uh, it's funny. This is going to, this is, I think going to sound, uh, this is going to sound bad. Well, well, you know what, Peter, you can edit it out. I can edit, edit it out. Um, <laughs> I think there's times where, where Paul seems less approachable than Jesus. Like, like, um, and I know that Jesus was perfect, but there's a, uh, there's an outwardness of Paul's, uh, effort. I don't, I don't know what it is, but works, I guess there's an outwardness of his works that stands out. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't, I, I know that's backwards, but it, it's there's times where I'm reading, I'm like, mm -hmm. he does, he feels almost unapproachable. Yeah, I'll, I'll chime in there. I, I think you're right. I think there's, there's times when I feel that too with Paul, and I think there, I mean, I think you're right, Jeremiah. I think he did have an intensity level that is just unique, and there's maybe part of why God picked him for the particular task that God had for him. At the same time. I think we're just we're not seeing the whole picture of Paul because a lot of what we read is the book of Acts, which is, you know, it's the book of Acts, not the book of feelings. So it just tells what they did, not what they felt in those times. And uh, uh, there is a pretty cool we don't have a lot of examples, but we have one sure example of where Paul in one of those moments where he's wanting just to, he's just like nothing phases this guy. Um, I think it's that passage where there's that big riot in Ephesus mm. they are chanting for two hours great as Artemis of the Ephesians and Paul wants to go in and they're talk to the people he wants us like uh like let me just go talk to him and they they fortunately his friends don't let him do that because he'd be ripped to shreds and um but in um his letters is where you know letters you talk more about your feelings I guess the real you and second Corinthians uh chapter one Paul refers back to that exact same incident and and he basically says i don't you be unaware of what we encountered in the province of asia and he basically says we were under 
great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. We felt the sense of death, you know, so he kind of opens up a little bit there that he really is human. And he did, I mean, he still, I think, was a, a, had a human capacity at an unreal level, but he was still, he, he got depressed. He, he had struggles. He, he had, uh, uh, we don't always see that in the book of Acts or even sometimes. Yeah. And, and, and as you're saying that it, we're also reading him in a role of exhortation and teaching, not, Mm -hmm. it's not a journal, you know, it's not a, which I was struck by Romans one. I didn't really go into it that deep, but in, in the teaching on Romans one or the the text on Romans one, um, you know, he says, I want to, he hasn't been there yet to Rome. He wants to visit them so he can part some spiritual gift. And then so that basically we can, I can encourage you in your faith and you can encourage me and that had to have looked differently than actually a teaching session, you know, that that they would actually be face to face and yeah. encouraging each other. So I think there's another side to Paul and uh, we we just don't get to see it. Well, um, your 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 guys two picks. Um, and I know that that it wasn't limited to that, um, but you brought up uh, Matt's podcast Um or at least the uh, the reading from that day, and and Matt talked about kind of the, that it's not wimpy grace is transformative, and, and that kind of calls back to uh, your point number three, um, Peter, that the gospel is power; it transforms us. Uh, you have um, the uh, uh, James's podcast, and 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 I enjoyed that one too, as uh, you know, as because I can I can picture James <laughs> sitting outside, right? You know, yeah. um, but he um he kind of came round about to this idea of unity, and um and, you know reaching out to the Gentiles, but not uh what I liked about it was, it was that that picture of kind of drawing all together, um as opposed to reaching out. You know, it felt it felt a little bit more like a like a hug than a than a grab. <laughs> um, and. Uh, and I, those were two ideas that kind of uh, and, and that and for me, that coincided with your second point on on um, that. It's it's not about uh, just about forgiveness, uh, righteousness and this this. Um, and how did you put it right? The, a, a right uh, relationship or I can't remember how you said it, a rightening or something like that. Um, being, right, being right with someone maybe. Right. Right. Yeah. Being right with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but really these readings all week touched on all of those um, because I mean, Tyreen talked through on sanctification and, um, and accepting forgiveness and receiving uh, his righteousness and and Jenny talked about living your life as an offering um and as I was kind of reflecting on all of those together th- this is some of the ideas I kind of wanted to unpack I'm curious about your thoughts there's well let, let's start with with faith okay because because we do we do have this I this uh this this concept at the beginning of this that you know and in the reading that I had, the righteous will live by faith. But you have the faith of Abraham, and you have the faith uh, that that Paul is calling out in this. Um, 
what is faith? And it, and it, I only asked that, and I, I want to hear the answer, but the, I asked that because I think before I listened to your sermon on, on Sunday, uh, and I've heard it described that way before, every time I hear the word righteousness, I kind of just think about doing the right thing, not about kind of a reconciled relationship. And so it made me start to rethink in context of all of these readings, faith and righteousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, like I said, that, that was kind of Martin Luther's mistake too, because he thought of righteousness in that way too. And I think the key was the faith piece and, uh, you know, it, the righteous will live by faith, but also the righteousness of God is revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, from faith, uh, actually, I think uh, I use the NIV translation, which is, I think from which is by faith from first to last, which is one sense of it. It's hard sense to translate it. I think literally, it's from faith. It's righteous, which is from faith to faith, mm-hmm. is also how it can be rendered. And either way, uh, it's it speaks of that. Uh, well, you ask, what is faith? It's it's the relational piece. It's you know you're you're um, in, in a trusting relationship. It, it's a trust thing, but in the context of a person, it's not just you know I can trust. You know I can I don't know I can objectively trust this this chair is going to hold me up. You know so that's that's an aspect of faith. I'm sitting in it, but. It's deeper than that, deeper than just the fact that I know that this is objectively going to hold me up. There's, it's just, a, it's a relational, um, well, being made right with some person. It's that's just the faith, the faith component. Mo- what modifies the, the meaning of the righteousness, I guess, is what uh, I think helped Luther kind of have that breakthrough. Um, that it's, it's a different kind of righteousness. It's not, you know, just do you do the right things, but are you right with this person in this organic faith relationship? I know I shouldn't use the same word to try to define what it means, but, but uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I like what John Piper says. Uh, faith is the experience of the substance of future reality, known, believed, tasted, and cherished now. Okay. Say wow. that again. Yeah. Say that again. Faith is the experience of the substance of future reality known, believed, tasted, and cherished now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so think I think that, what, it sounds that's kind of wordy, but I think if we're going to break it down in a little simpler way of saying that, I, what I think it is, is it's like faith is the idea that we know and trust in, in what God has given us. We experience what the grace and love that God has given us. And we have um deep rooted trust in the future that God has for us. Yeah. Yeah, I think the key there, yeah, I like that. I mean it's it is wordy, but uh the taste part I think hit me, you know, that it's it's that brings it into the present. It's just not just a I'm intellectually acknowledging that God is good and he's gonna someday, you know, make good on all his promises, but there's actually experiential thing right now. Yeah. yeah, that that was the part I liked too. The the uh, ex, that was one of the first words was experience or experiencing or or something like that. 
there's this there's this weaving and 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 this is in the in the righteousness uh, kind of the way you describe righteousness as well. There's a weaving of action, experiencing uh, in. And like you said, it's not just a it's not just an academic or an intellectual belief. Uh, it's a I believe it, but I believe it to the 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 degree that that Jeremiah was just uh, kind of defining. I, I believe it to the degree that I'm I'm experiencing it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. And there might be something related to, I was just the phrase I just threw out there, uh, obedience of faith, you know, that Paul, you know, talks about the obedience of faith. And um, um, sorry, I was frozen. You, you froze. It looked, it looked like you were just intently listening. I was, to what so, I, was <laughs> I was like, experience, I was like, you're experiencing it now. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I um, thought that really hit a chord for you. Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, no, the experiencing it now, I, I just threw out, you know, that phrase, obedience of faith, you know, that uh, faith produces obedience. And we're going to, I think, look a lot at that phrase in the coming you know, months and stuff as we get into Romans. But um, it, uh, <clears throat> it brings into the present, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's flowing out of a real trust relationship with God that's you're fully established or ridiculously loved by God. Um, and just in that place, it should have, you know, more and more impact on our day-to-day -day life in the moment and every, you know, aspect of our kind of a growing outward expressions of that living faith. Um, and it, it uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, something that I guess just occurred to me, I've never thought about it this way, but um, in, when you go to therapy a lot, one of the things that can really ground you um, is constantly trying to just be present in the moment because the thing that you can experience the most is the is the life that you're living in this very moment in this very time and you can't really experience the future and right. so it's much better to focus on what's happening to you right now and it seems like faith is a big part of faith is experiencing what God is doing in your life at the very moment mm -hmm. um and I think that's how because sometimes it's it's really easy to just get like, is my faith just gonna is it is it something you just rely on right now, or is the faith something that you just rely on like on your deathbed mm -hmm. when you're like, I have faith that I'm going to heaven right now when I pass away. And I think that faith that's given to us by God is that daily experience of like living um within our world and embracing like the only hope that god gives us on a daily basis mm -hmm. yeah. i like that remember i've been having a seminary professor stressing <clears throat> just that you know we talk about giving your testimony you know this is how i came to faith you know i was x y and z was going on in my life i hit rock bottom whatever i came to you know i place of surrender walk the aisle i signed the card baptized whatever that entry point was and uh which is fine it's good to have i mean paul has a testimony he talks about his encounter but but uh the encouragement really that in our testimony and testifying to who god is to our faith is maybe more important what did god 
say today to me? What did he, how did he, how did I experience his love today? You know, what was he saying today? Uh, you know, kind of bring it in, into the now rather than the distant past, or like you said, Jeremiah, the, the hopefully distant future when we, when we pass away. Yeah. I think that's what ties it together for me. It's what tied this, this thread throughout the whole week was I got this picture of, of, um, God restoring us to Eden. Uh, and I know that's not a unique picture, but it's, it's, is when you go back to Eden and it's just created humanity daily walking and, and in relationship with God mm -hmm. and the, the, the process and, and really, uh, of the promise all the way through the old Testament, you know, through Christ and into the future is this, it's not only kind of ties with what you guys are just talking about of tying the future to the present, tying the, the future uh, salvation, the future uh, re uh, reuniting um, to the present. But it's it's also to the Jews first, yes, and then to the Gentiles, it is a, a restoration that righteousness is a restoration of the of the the in the moment relationship uh yeah you know, with god on a daily basis mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's good it it hit me as as i was kind of writing things down it is like if if the that unity and that restoration that that um being made right with god and that comes through a faith Then the, then the tactic of the enemy should always be then to segregate and separate. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, 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 it's hard not to see that in the world, you know, yeah. historically and definitely right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the gospel is power. Uh and 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 yes, from a transformational standpoint, but um, how? <laughs> there's my there's my well thought out question. <laughs> how is the gospel power? Mm -hmm. How does that work? Because if the gospel's news, mm -hmm. right? It's not. Uh, is it, you're not trying to convince somebody. It's this is. How is that power? Uh, so I think from like an apologetical perspective, I think the gospel is power because it's the only thing that truly gives us a solution to the end and an answer to the misery. And so the gospel is freedom and a place of safety for when we, we experience the world around us, right? We experience all these different things happening. And if something crazy is happening in this world, I can look at the gospel and be rest assured that that is not the end of that situation that just ended tragically. That that is, that is I think that's part of why it has so much power in our lives is because we it just helps us 
if if it's like it's like human beings are cursed with the idea that we know that this will all come to an end or we know that things will be difficult and that life is like a revolving endless door of difficulties in one way or another and so uh, when i look at the gospel i look at it as like i was like wow this is like the only solution you know what i mean it's either this is the answer or there is no answer you know, and that's like a that's like a powerful realization to have, I think, when you're living in your daily life in some way. So I think that's how I would explain it if if I wasn't talking to like a a non-Christian yeah. individual. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna Peter might um Peter might appreciate this. I'm gonna push back a little bit. Really? Wow. <laughs> I actually agree with you, Jeremiah. Um, and I might talk myself into a circle here, but um I think what you just described in in some ways is how the gospel is powerful, but not and again it is, and it still might be the same thing. Like I said, I might I might talk myself into circles, but not necessarily how it is power. Is that mm. um and so I I do think that it, it has power in our lives. And this is where we get into kind of English semantics on how we use words and I don't want to right. grab but um but it's i guess what what i what i keep coming back to is is what is the gospel what is the, what is the news mm -hmm. and then if the gospel is power which i i think i agree that it is then what that news is the news itself is power the news is news is power yeah um i i mean i have no rebuttal for that um but i i look at my like commentary here shout yeah. out to the pay for giving me this <laughs> moody um moody um and this is referencing verses 115 116 and it goes it kind of breaks up like the theme of Romans into two sections being like, I'm not ashamed of the gospel and the second occurrence, which is gives the reason Paul is not ashamed. It is because it is the power of God. And then it says the power of God, meaning mighty potency in the effective transforming force and ability. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think when, when when I was explaining that, like, you're right, I'm talking more about the effects of that power. Um, yeah, and I think it's also just hard to, to be like, the gospel has, for us, it works like the gospel has power just because God gave it that power. You know what I mean? Right, right. It, it's his word, and it's him. And so it, it, there's the power. Um, right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to take it too far. I mean, I, I threw that point out you know because that's what it says you know the gospel doesn't say has power it doesn't come with power but it is power and of course i stole that from tim keller but uh you know i think it's uh i think it's true but of course at the same time um you know um jesus said i am the door you know he's not literally a door but he's he was communicating something through that language and so so we can take even the gospel is power um um you know get too legalistic on that um semantic yeah. uh, construction but i think it i think it is power in this 
you know, as, as I'm thinking about, you asked, how is the gospel power? Um, it's, it's, it's announcing an event that has taken place, right? Mm -hmm. And if the gospel was just, you are loved and forgiven, you know, anybody could speak those words and, you know, it's, it's not like magic words that somehow make something happen. There's substance behind this announcement of an event that's taken place in real space-time history that means that you have been you have been forgiven in I mean objectively and yeah. and some someone has absorbed the wrath of God upon himself so it doesn't fall on you and and all that all that the gospel is all that that event is and so it's it's because of the actual event that's happened in real space-time history but then also I think it's power because it's the authority behind the the, the announcement I mean it's it's God speaking and the God who spoke the universe into existence, who said, let there be light. That was power. God's, you know, God's word created the universe. And so God's word of power in the gospel recreates us or, or as you said, Joel, brings us back to the garden. It, it's yeah. kind of that whole piece. And so, um, so yeah, it's his power in verbal cognitive form. Yeah. I mean, I would I think I'd piggyback on that and say, uh, I mean, even even in the application that um, that that Jeremiah, that you're saying at the front end of that, the power is God's power. I mean, we all have some kind of modicum of power. You know, I can move my water bottle. That's power. <laughs> um, but when we're but we're we're really talking about transformative power. We're talking about power over creation. We're talking about you know, something beyond the mundane, right? Something that we can't do. And that's all God. That's Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Father. And um, uh, because I was trying to prep for, for this and I, as, as I kind of thought through it, it, I did. I kind of latched on. Well, what transforms us? What transforms us is the 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 making our relationship right, uh, the rightening of ourselves with God. Well, what does that do? That puts me in unity and relationship with God, and it's very similar to like being an ambassador. I know that's I know that's you know in the New Testament as well. We are ambassadors, but an ambassador doesn't have any power. What an ambassador does is represent the power. Right? If I'm the ambassador to the U.S., the only thing that makes someone listen to me is is who I'm representing, not who I am. And so, as soon as the the good news is that we are able to be made right again with God, and that is power because we now have access to where the power comes from mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not to use yeah. but to represent mm -hmm. as you were just saying that the other picture came to me was of like of uh the power of a verbal i don't know legal statement saying that you who you had been a foster child you know you abusive parents abusive home and you've been brought into this home you've been kind of fostered parents whatever and then the verbal decree or whatever, the, the gospel, that the that event has taken place, your parents have officially adopted you. 
it's yeah. done. You are you are now a in this family and have the same rights as their natural born brothers and sisters, and your inheritance is the same. And it's a done deal. You're you have that identity. And is that going to impact your behavior? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's gonna, it may not right away, but it, over time, there's gonna be a different response and responsibility and and probably um, you know, confidence and built up that you wouldn't have if you were still that foster kid worried that you might get kicked out of the house if you didn't behave. Right. And there's the there's the transformative power. There's there's Romans, you know, uh, one one through seventeen that ends in, um, you know that that Paul Paul's mission is to the Gentiles, and that is the he is transforming. I think Jenny talked about this. He's transforming people. I mean, it's it, as, as an offering. You go from lost to found. You go from uh, separate to unified right you go from unholy to holy it's a, it's a transformative news uh and what it takes is for you to believe it to the degree that that future promise is experienced right now mm-hmm. and that's what i mean that's to me that's what hit me is what paul, that's what paul's trying to do paul is trying to restore people to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, the only uh, podcast that I, I didn't cover is mine, but I haven't even recorded mine yet. So. <laughs> yeah. it, it was great because people are watching this on Saturday. So yours will. That's, already, that's right. I mean, you will already been, it will already been played on Friday. You yeah. know, I really, I really appreciated Joel's podcast uh, yesterday. It was, um, it it was, was it, I laughed, I cried. It became a part of me. Wow. very good well um uh, dear lord god um thank you that you do make me right with you lord and i pray every day that uh, i would live my life as a sacrifice as an offering to you in full knowledge experiencing your your peace and hope and joy to the degree that I can taste it right now. Thank you, God, for your Son, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your, your work in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.